as most of you know, uh, Bishop Ron is either in Germany or Tanzania. Uh, just pick a place, and uh, and he is there. He's teaching, I know, uh, uh, in Germany. And so uh, Jackie, a few days ago, asked if I would uh, speak tonight, and she made it very clear that uh, they were... Uh, cutting back in time and that I had 30 minutes and uh, which I don't have any problem with that I, uh, I uh, uh, it might be 15 minutes tonight I um, I've been working on a sermon for Sunday so uh, you know when I was when I was a Baptist pastor I had to preach three times a week you know just become an Anglican and then just kind of the assistant with Ron uh, it's only once every three months. I don't have to. So I'm going to be wore out by, by Sunday afternoon. Uh, getting, getting two, yeah. So uh, we'll see how, how it all goes. Okay, well, let's begin with prayer. Father, we are grateful. We're grateful for your presence in our life. Um, as we look back at today, we, uh, if we just take a moment, we can see you working in, in many different ways, and you leading us, you speaking to us, you uh, are, are touching our lives and those around us. Uh, you have, uh, you have uh, put us in positions, in places where uh, we've been able to, um, to uh, if not call your name and talk about you, at least express the Spirit of Christ that lives within us. And so tonight, as we look at uh, two or three of uh, your examples that you have given us in the Bible of, of uh, individuals who had, who had faith, that they were just common, ordinary people that you called, and they heard, they listened, and they, um, they followed you. And so tonight I pray that we will just open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us from your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, since, uh, since I only found out a couple days ago, I want to go to a very easy, uh, easy chapter in the Bible. Hebrews 11. We all know Hebrews 11. We love Hebrews 11. And uh, we, we can pull some names out of Hebrews 11 that, that uh, has helped us in the past and that we've been able to go and uh, uh, through life, and, and God just seems to open up some individuals uh, from Hebrews 11 that is, uh, can help us and has helped us uh, immensely in life. And we've seen their faith, and it's helped us um, uh, in, in our faith and our walk with Christ. Um, one of the, one of, and we're not going to get into this tonight, but, but one of the examples that uh, uh, the writer of Hebrews gives us are those who... Uh, because of their faith, they uh, had to hide in caves, they had to run for their lives, they, they uh, wore uh, uh, sheepskin, uh, and uh, the writer of Hebrews makes a very important statement. It says the world was not worthy of them. And these are people of faith, people who loved Christ, people who followed him, who were being tortured, persecuted, and, uh, and, and as the writer of Hebrews says, they were not worthy of this world, uh, or the world was not worthy of these individuals. And so uh, as, as we look at just two or three, uh, very briefly tonight, uh, individuals, I wanted to start in with uh, 
with uh, the, fir the very first verse and really a definition of faith. Uh, but I want to ask you this question. Do you, and, and it's just my way of thinking, uh, and I'm sorry that I, that I think this way, but uh, the thought hit me one day, uh, does God ever get bored with me? Um, now, some of you who are the, the spiritual giants around here, you, you can say, well, God never gets bored. Well, he, I'm sure he doesn't. But when he looks at my life, I, I, uh, I wonder if he just gets bored with me. Because I like safe. I like safe. I like, I like get nice and easy. The only, the only thing that um, I like to do dangerously is ride a roller coaster. And you get beyond a roller coaster, I, I'm not there. I just, you know, that's fine with me. But I, uh, I just, uh, I, I like safe. And, and I have to admit that I like boring. And, uh, and that's just my life. When uh, four or five years ago, when Dee Dee and I accidentally sold our house and we needed a place to live, and, and we, uh, we, bought a, we bought a condo over in Meadowbrook, just down the street from Bishop Ron. And uh, I just had to, had to be close to that holy man. And uh, so any, <laughs> anyway, uh, we moved. We, it, it was just a for sale sign in front of the, the condo. And then across the street, there was a for rent sign. And so I just copied down the numbers, uh, got home uh, that evening, and I, uh, I called the number that I thought was the number for buying the condo. And, and I even asked, I said, is this uh, the condo for sale? She said, yes. And I says, how many bedrooms does you have? And she said, do you smoke? And I, I said, is that any of your business? And uh, she said, I want to know if you smoke. And I said, well, if we buy that condo, I said, are you going to be living with us? And uh, she says, no, I live next door. And I don't want to smell that smoke. You know, it was, turns out she was a Pentecostal Baptist lady. So, uh, you know, that's, that's about as bad as you can get. And... Uh, and so uh, she wanted to know my lifestyle, and uh, if I was married, and I did, you know, and I and I assured her that if Didi and I moved next door to you, that you will be living next to two of the most boring people you have ever met in your life because we don't do anything, you know, we just uh, just come in and and and, uh, and don't bother anybody. So anyway. Uh, uh, I'm boring, and uh, and so I wonder if God uh, ever gets bored with me because uh, when I look at those individuals in the in the Bible, uh, they're anything but boring. Uh, but what I overlook and what we overlook sometimes when we see these great uh, these great moments in faith in individuals' lives, we we think that that was just. Uh, you know, like the movies. It's just one, one moment of faith after another, and there's one mountain to, to climb, and then there's another mountain to climb, then there's a higher mountain to climb, and it's just we're living, you know, from, from one miracle to the next, from one step of faith to the next step of faith. And uh, we look at those individuals and we think, well, we could never achieve that. We can never be like that. There, there's no way that we can, we can uh, ever do that. 
And yet, as the writer of Hebrews, as he begins uh, 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 to write, and many think this was just a sermon that was uh, preached and it was recorded some way uh, and handed down to us, we know that the writer of Hebrews has a very important uh, or has a very strategic uh, uh, purpose in, in writing this or in speaking this. And it is because that there were individuals who were drifting away, drifting away from the faith, drifting away from, uh, from their, their belief in, in Jesus Christ. And, and so he, he writes or she writes uh, to, to, uh, to, to make it very clear that, that Jesus is the better way. That the life of faith is the better life. Not only living under the rules and obeying the rules and making sure you're able to check off all the boxes down, down the list, but that we live a life of faith and that is the better way. And so as he writes all of this, uh, writes this, we, you can, when you've got time, or you probably remember this, that, that he begins uh, Hebrews by, by telling us that, that he is greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. And, and he goes on down the line and, and, and tells us all that who Jesus is and what he came to do and, and what uh, it means to us as, as individuals. But he gets to chapter 11. And... Uh, he writes this. He says, Now faith is the substance, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by the things which are visible. Now, if, if we were asked, each one of us tonight were asked, explain faith, we, we might stumble around a little bit. And yet, we find here that this is really the only, the only definition of faith that we have in the Bible. That we have many examples of faith, but this is uh, really the, 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 the definition of faith is found uh, in, in this verse, in the first uh, couple of verses of, of, uh, of Hebrews. And the Bible speaks of faith, and, and here again we go back to this triumphant idea that, that every time you read about someone that is living by faith and they've done a miraculous thing, that it was something that was constant, it was something that was every day, lived every moment that way. And yet, these were just common, ordinary people who, who were living by faith, who, who believed in Jesus Christ and believed that, that, that God was going to fulfill His promise in them and through them. They believed what they had read. They believed what they had heard. And that was all of their life. And so there are, their, their mind, their, their ears, their heart was continually open to God and wanting to hear from Him and wanting to do what what they were led to do in their life. And so, um, because they listened and they heard and they followed, uh, on occasion they did some miraculous things. And it wasn't because that they were individuals who were out of the ordinary. 
but they were just common, ordinary people like me who were boring most of their life. And yet God wanted to do something to them and through them because of their faith. Now, faith, faith is a contradiction to logic in many times. Faith will cause you to sing in prison. Paul and Silas. Faith will cause you to get out of the boat and walk on water. And yet that same person who had the faith to get out and walk on water was the same person who when a little girl asked him if he was a follower of Jesus Christ was scared to death. He just trembled. I mean, he went right back to what uh, he had done in the past. And so there is something about faith that, that, that causes us to reach through the pains of life, the, the dark night of the souls, the, the plans that have been uh, destroyed in our life, and, and all of our hopes and all of our desires are just been shattered, and yet it still continues through because there is this connection with God that is really unexplainable, but there is this deep abiding faith that no matter what is going on around us and what we're going through and what we're feeling at that time, yet there's this connection with God that strengthens us, that takes us through, that that moves us on in this certain direction, always toward God. And as Paul wrote, uh, and it's happened to us, I'm sure, many times, We've prayed. We've done everything that we could. And the only thing that's left to do is just to stand. Just to stand there. And, and we, don't, we can't do anything else. We can't pray another prayer. We just stand believing. We stand there in expectation that God is going to move in our lives. In verse 6, the writer of Hebrews says it's impossible to please God without faith. That anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. And that's just a very... It, it, it is a, a, a very simple explanation that we believe that God exists and that He rewards. He rewards those who are sincerely seeking Him and following Him. So God comes to us as humbled individuals who are not ashamed that we are depending upon Him. And, and, and it, it, it seems like it, it's an impossibility at times to say, well, I'm depending upon Him every moment that we live because we look at our lives and say, you know, there are times when I don't depend upon Him. But it is that childlike faith that, that continues to move us and, and to, to bring us blessing and, and to, to help us to know that we are we are. We are following Him and that uh, we live expecting God to do something uh, about our circumstances and about where we find ourselves. Uh, many years ago when I uh, was pastoring and we, had, uh, we were having a vacation Bible school and uh, one, one young dad told me uh, uh, the, uh, one uh, Wednesday or Thursday, he said, uh, and he had a small farm. And he said, uh, you know, last, uh, last night when I got home from work, I was mending fences and, uh, around their small farm. And he said, 
my four-year-old boy was telling me what he had learned in vacation Bible school about God today. And he said, he kept saying, God can do anything. God can do anything. And, and he was, in his four-year-old way, was trying to explain what he had heard his, his teacher talk about. And so, and so uh, as uh, he's nailing up the wires on, on the fence, he, he tells his boy to hold up that wire over there. Uh, and uh, so, and so, uh, so he could get get it all straight, and and he could you know nail it in. So he he tells I'm trying to remember the little boy's name. I can't think of it. But he said he just, he picked up he picked up that barbed wire, and he said he held it up, and he says, "God, you hold it." Boom, and he let go, and it just dropped to the ground. And he said the little boy just picked it up and says, "God, you hold it." Let go and fell to the ground. The little boy picked it up again. He says, forget it, God. He says, I'll do it. He says, and then he told his dad, he says, sometimes God wants us to do something. And, uh, and, it, it, and that's it. We, we, even though that we live by faith, there is this, uh, there is this and we're going to look at uh, three individuals who some way, somehow, in their faith, uh, heard God. And, uh, and we're not given any much explanation about how they heard God or what God wanted them to do, uh, except one of them. But they were open. They wanted to hear. They were expecting. Uh, they just believed. And it, and it just led them to do something, um, according to the Bible, uh, as an act of faith. Uh, the first one is... Uh, in verse uh, verse four, Abel. And Abel's a tough one. But the writer says here in verse four, by faith Abel, or it was faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval to his gifts, although Abel is long dead. He still speaks to us by His example of faith. Now, if Abel is an example of faith, that would mean that Abel would be the first martyr of faith. Uh, that, of course, Cain and Abel being the first kids, uh, we know that Cain, Cain was a, a farmer and uh, Abel was a shepherd, and for some reason, we're not told that God told them to bring an offering, but for some reason, they were led to bring an offering to God. And so, um, this offering was to be an act of worship to their Creator. And so, Cain brought food that he had, gotten, that he, that he had grown. Um, Abel brought lambs, and we know that God accepted the blood sacrifice. And I've, I've read, and you've probably heard it discussed, you've probably read too, why, why if God didn't tell them what to bring, why was the blood sacrifice of Abel uh, accepted and Cain's not accepted? And, you know, that, that, uh, that, bothers, that bothered me. You know, couldn't God be a little more clear, you know, and, and uh, to, to, to tell us why? Well, uh, I, 
Bishop Ron has mentioned Rabbi Sachs many times. And uh, uh, in, in the sermon for Sunday, I, I was, uh, uh, I'm speaking on Ecclesiastes uh, for the next two Sundays, I think. And um, you know how it, the vanity of vanities. Um, but Solomon talks about how everything is worthless. And it's everything in life, your life is very short. And your life is nothing more than a breath. That's all it is. And Abel's name means breath. It's just a breath. Um, Cain's name means I have acquired. When, 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 when Cain was born, the first was first born, uh, Eve said, I have acquired a child from God. And Cain's name means I have acquired. And what Rabbi Sachs and, and some of the Jewish theologians who, who looked into this said that it, it's really uh, a, a, great, a, a great example of, of what life is, that we're nothing more than a breath. And the temptation is in life is to acquire all that we can. And yet we're nothing more than a breath we're only here for a short time. And if all of our life is nothing more than just acquiring, 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 this short time that we have on earth would be utterly meaningless. That it would be totally worthless. And so what it led them to believe, or what it's led many Jewish theologians and, and scholars to believe, is it, it was the attitude in which Cain and Abel brought their brought their, uh, their, their sacrifice, brought their, their sacrifice of worship. The Cain's attitude was that I offer what I own. I offer what I have acquired. I will give you, God, some of what I have because I want something of what you have. That, that Cain came to God saying, I'm making a trade with you. That I'm going to give you a little bit, but I want a whole lot back. And that was his attitude. But when Abel comes, this breath, his, his name means breath. He was bringing a blood sacrifice, and in that blood sacrifice, he is saying, I'm offering myself to you. I'm not asking for anything in return. I'm just offering myself to you. I'm nothing more than a mere breath. But this breath that I do have, it belongs to you. It belongs to God. And it was that attitude that Abel had that caused God to accept his sacrifice. Because after all, uh, well, in Micah chapter 6, uh, verses 6 through 8, Micah's, uh, 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 Micah asked the question, what can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring Him burnt offerings? Uh, should we bow before God Most High with offerings? of yearling calves? Should we offer Him thousands of rams and ten thousands of rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No. O people, the Lord has told you what is good. 
And that this is what He requires of you to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before God. And all God is looking for are individuals who come to Him not really expecting anything in return, but expecting that if anything does happen, that it's going to be out of their power and out of their strength. It's going to come from God. It's all He's, it's all he's looking for. And that's why, I don't know how long it's been since uh, Cain killed Abel, but the writer of Hebrews says, Abel still speaks to us today. He gave of himself, not wanting anything in return. And he still speaks to us today. Verse 5, Enoch. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up into heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Now when you go back to Genesis chapter 5, we know that Enoch was 65 years old. And he had a kid. That's not too promising. And, uh, but he has, he has a child. And all we know is that from that point on, it changed Enoch's life. He became a, a follower of God. He, he believed God. And by the way, do you know who that child was? Any idea? Methuselah lived 969 years. Yeah. And I feel like today, I feel like it's about 950 years. Uh, old, but, but anyway, <clears throat> 969 years old. But anyway, from that point on, all we know is that Enoch pleased God. We're not told how what he did. We might say, well, he probably went to revival meetings and he went to the church all the time and he was reading his Bible and and we we come up. I we don't know. We're not told. All we know is that he pleased God. And that means that he heard from God. However that happened. All we know is that he walked close to him. He, everything that Enoch did in his life, it was with the thought, would this please the Lord? Would it, this please God? And, and whatever it was, we do know this. Just this common, ordinary uh, individual who at 65 years old turns his life over to the Lord, changes his life, that at one point in his life he was so close to God that God just took him on to be with him. And all we know is that he pleased God. I, I wish there was more information to you. But all we know is that he pleased God. That was his heart desire. And then the last one. Is Noah. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save the family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that were never happened that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, um, you know Noah evidently has docked his boat in Kentucky. 
And uh, some of you have uh, been there to see it. And, and my brother and his wife uh, was telling us last week they had been, it was just, you know, they just loved being there and, and seeing. But, but this is the thing about Noah. Noah of, of the three, of these three, Noah, Noah's the weird one. You know, we might think Enoch's crazy or, or uh, you know, Abel, but, but Noah is the crazy one. No rain. Uh, he's 500 miles from water. And he builds this massive boat. Takes him 100 years. And every day it was just another day at the office. You know, nail a few boards in, go home and, and relax, whatever it was. It seemed foolish to be building a boat. But, what it, but, but Noah heard from God. Noah heard from him. And he did what God told him to do. It's just complete faith. You know, that's all God wants from us. It's just to hear Him. There may be times when what He, and we feel impressed that God's leading us to do something that's just absolutely crazy. Weird. But He doesn't do that. He does, I think it's probably very rare that God does that in our life. But God... But God moves us in a direction that places in our lives the impossibilities, the, the hardships, the physical problems. There are things that happen in our life that we can't explain and, and there is no explanation and, and we'll never learn the lesson of why those things happen to us. And yet God wants us to just live by faith, move through the, the dark night of the soul because there is this connection that we have with Him. Now, when I think of these three and when I think of in other individuals in, in Hebrews 11, my question to myself is, has God stopped calling people like this? Has God quit talking to people like this? Or is it, have we quit listening to God? And I'd have to say that I, you know, I've, I've because, because I've been a part of St. Andrew's Church and, and I've hung around Ron a little bit uh, in foreign countries, that uh, I've seen things. I've seen things that, that are, I can't explain. And, and I've, uh, uh, even in my own little neighborhood, I've been asked, people just, out of the clear blue sky have asked me to, 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 to do something. And it's gotten me out of my comfort zone because, you know, when I was a nice little Baptist preacher, I didn't have to worry about a lot of this stuff. But, uh, but, now, but now for some reason, you know, God moves me to a place where, you know, I'm scared. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And yet, yet God asks. God does. And so, God still speaks. God still moves us. God's still working in our life. Tonight, if you might be a little discouraged about things in your life and circumstances. It, this life of faith caused Abel to be killed. <laughs> oh boy. 
But yet this life of faith, like in Noah's case, um, saved his family and brought redemption to the world. We don't know what great or small thing that God wants to do in our life, but he wants us to be people who hear him, who our ears are still open and our heart is still soft enough to hear what God wants to do in us and through us tonight. So let's pray. Well, Father, we, uh, we're thankful for these examples. And as difficult as it is at times in our life, we, we, want, um, we want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. So show each of us as we're alone with you, as we, we struggle in our lives and yet in those moments when we call out to you, help us to hear what you have to say to us. Help us to wait until we do hear from you. And once we hear from you, we hear your voice. We act humbly we act in a way that pleases you. That your name is uplifted. Your name is glorified. So tonight, Father, I pray that as we go through these, this time of prayer, that needs will be met, that hearts will be changed. But most of all, may we, when we leave this building, know and say, that we want to hear from you in our ears and our heart is open to you tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.